0: What's up, everybody? I'm David Hain. Welcome to episode 170 of the A D from Addict to Disciple podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, please like, subscribe, follow, and share the link with your friends. And when I say share the link with your friends, I mean really do it. Get one, two, three friends to listen to this episode and then make yourself available to sit down and chat about it with them. Can you do that? If you'd like to get our curriculum, you can get the paperback or ebook of From Ashes to Destiny on Amazon. When we come back, we'll get into this episode entitled Dealing with Judgment. Welcome back to episode 170 of the A to D From Addict to Disciple podcast entitled Dealing with Judgment. I want to give a big welcome to my friends in recovery from the U.S., South Africa, and Australia for their participation in this podcast. As before, I'll be keeping them anonymous, but I'll be saying their answers as if we're having a group meeting. Guys, truly welcome back. It's been a while. Hope you are all well. Anyway, here's a question that was submitted by one of your own, by Charlie for an idea for this episode you ready here's the question how do you deal with being hurt by the church people in your church and other believers when they judge where you're at in recovery from the world's perspective Ben would you like to start us out sure David that's a a deep question and a deep topic and for me, when it comes to the idea of church and church people, I think we can do ourselves a disservice in sobriety or recovery when we set an expectation on how they feel about us or what they think about us. Actually, not just church people, but anyone for that matter. Being hurt is a result of placing how I feel on what other people think about me. And if I've learned anything, Everybody is screwed up in some way, shape, or form. It's just that some people have learned how to hide it better than I have Which in some sense gives them leverage to act as a judge towards me However, I remove that perspective and stay in my own lane of traffic and live in the present moment and enjoy each and every breath soberly then not only am I able to allow my soul wounds to heal But I set up a healthy defense mechanism against other people's opinions of me. There's an old saying, go where you are celebrated, not tolerated. If you're in a place, even if it's a church, and you find that you're being hurt, get the hell out of there and go somewhere where you feel healing, joy, strength, and where you are being celebrated. Life's too short. Thanks, Ben. It's so important to be able to stay in our lane and not let others viewpoints beat us down And I really like your advice go where you're celebrated and not tolerated Harry What do you think about that? David, I really agree with going where you're celebrated not tolerated Thankfully for me personally. I put everyone in the same box And then I draw close to the ones that I trust. With that, it takes a lot for me to openly trust people and get close enough to build on a friendship. My guard is always up with people as I've been hurt by a lot of people in the past. My motto in life is, if you are not for me then you're against me. Anyone not supportive of my recovery I normally put in a box and avoid conversation with them at my church. I won't be rude, just not entertain any conversations with them. I will continue to express the love and goodness I have received from the Lord over the years, and be boastful with what he has in store for me and my family. And I will continue to preach the truth about forgiving and restoring God. We may fall many times, and he will always pick us up. Everyone's recovery is different according to their own walk and pitfalls, and we should not worry about the world's perspective Good word there Harry We do need to to sort of put people in a box that we know and can expect from them And we have to remember that we shouldn't get caught up worrying about their perspective because they don't understand our personal walk and the pitfalls that we have still and those that we've successfully gone through. Dante, what do you think about this? Well, David, I've been pretty lucky to not be hurt by people in the church since my walk with the Lord as an adult. But when I was younger, the church was going to eventually ask me to leave the youth group solely due to the fact that my attendance was inconsistent and I wasn't in all the time at their meetings due to my parents' divorce. I wasn't even in town to come to the meetings. I didn't know what to think about that at that time, so I didn't really process it. I just said, okay, whatever, and I moved on. Typical teenager's response, I suppose. But regarding my own personal addiction, there was one time in my early 30s that I shared about the struggles I once had with pornography with my community group. It was a good discussion, I thought, but for the next six months, a few ladies in the group would avoid speaking to me. At first, I didn't know why. Then I understood. Those ladies didn't want to engage with someone or something that was so sexually vile and hurtful to them. And I also learned months later about some of their husbands' own struggles. And what I once did triggered them and that experience for these ladies. I was glad that I never confronted them about it. My own patience gave me the ability for the situation to return to normal. And I didn't feel resentment toward them. I think I might have engaged them on why they weren't speaking to me, and it might have made things very uncomfortable. I think sometimes it's better to be unoffendable than to be too concerned with the offense, no matter the circumstances. True that, Dante, life is a journey for many of us to realize what offends us, and then, as you did, give it time Try to understand where the other people are coming from We don't have to speak at it so quickly And if we do give it time It often works itself out as we begin to understand them And that helps us become unoffendable for the future Charlie, how are you standing in the, this area of this question And becoming un- unoffendable? David, that's a hard one for me In my recovery, currently I'm working on my AA pathway and a faith-based pathway of recovery. I go to AA meetings, I go to Christ-centered church meetings, I'm also a ministry leader in my church for a life recovery group, which is a Christ-centered peer support group. When I go to AA, there's folks who want nothing to do with Jesus, and at church, most folks Don't seem to understand what recovery is Even the pastors who have been helping folks for years And some of them may have the disease of addiction themselves They don't seem to know what to do And this is causing me some major struggles in the mix of all the blessings of our group And what that offers as well For the first time, some heavy church hurt really fell on me, and how to deal with it, I don't know. Honestly, it left me questioning everything. The ones I call my dear loved ones, and I feel my church family left me feeling like I'm someone socially awkward, almost like a pervert who can't communicate, and that no other church wants to be around me, or no other church leader, or actually no one in the church. And after being told to just be myself, then, when I tried it, I got unloaded on with an attack of insults and unfair judgments from a mentor, and I ended up losing that mentor. It comes from one poor decision on my part, but mostly from not being given the opportunity to work together in explaining recovery. It's definitely a worldview of things versus my following being led by the Spirit and an outside view from those people who are watching, but not getting involved. I like the quote by George Carlin, which I think says it all. It goes like this, those who dance are considered insane by those who cannot hear the music. I'm learning in this situation to not overreact, not let my feelings dictate my actions And to take it to the Father for the truth. Work on what needs to be worked on personally. And leave the rest at the cross. Honestly, I did well with it. Because I never expected it. I also believe at the heart of the matter. Is a matter of the heart. I know where my heart lies. And I know I'm working on it. And I'm a work in progress. I pray for the heart that hurt me. And that God would give me the words in this situation. And what I believe was laid on my heart was, if you want to know where your heart lies, look at where your mind goes when it wanders. Thanks, Charlie, for being so open and vulnerable. It's always difficult when we are judged in recovery by others who don't understand, but believe they have the answer. And your closing quote is good for all of us to reflect on personally. If you want to know where your heart lies, look at where your mind goes when it wanders. Eddie, would you like to close this up today? Sure, David, I'd be honored. Personally, I have never experienced any hurt or negative comments from church members in my time of recovery. That might be because I refused to become part of the serving members in the church, as I wanted to come, give praise and worship, and then just leave. I know that probably sounds selfish for not giving back, but at the end of the day, the church is conducted as a business, and I feel that once you get involved, you start experiencing and hearing all the negativity that happens within the corridors of any business. That being said, it's really sad that people in a church all seem to think that Jesus only came for them that the church is there only for those who are perfect in their walk with Christ Jesus came for the broken the lost the addicted that's what I believe but the church tends to reject addicts and the broken and the lost and judge them so that pushes them back into the community without any hope and an obscure opinion of what the church is all about my judgment came more from family and friends though They say it's harder to pretend to them as they know you, but they actually didn't know me. They didn't and don't know what Christ can do. That miracles still take place today. For many years, I was told that I probably am still busy with drugs and alcohol behind everyone's back and that there's no way I would ever stop. So my judgment came from closer to home than from the church. Strangely enough when I attended church, I attended as a testimony. I walked in with my chest out and flexing so they could see what the Lord still does today. Jesus put me back together again. I'm not Humpty Dumpty. Awesome stuff, Eddie. We all need to find that source or the one who can put us back together again and not let the judgment of others steal our hope. And remember we're not Humpty Dumpty. We don't need to have the failure of all the king's horses and all the king's men not put us together again. We need to lean in to the one who can put us together again. Thanks for listening to this episode of the A to D from Addict to Disciple podcast. If you were saying, that's me as you listened, that I'm the one dealing with that judgment and learning how to process it, learning how to put it in a box, learning how to become unoffendable, learning to stay in the present, whatever it might be, then it's now time to reach out and join a group. Message me on the link in this podcast or by email at davidfromatod at gmail.com. Or go to my website, www.fromatd.org, and click on the contact page. And I'll try to get you plugged into a group to the best of my ability, online or however works for you. Tune in Monday for our next episode. And as always, stay safe and stay strong.